Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Justin Mark from the 50 for five in a row for the Tigers. There's no doubt that he's not feeling good. He's been split open. Who knows whether there's some sort of concussion to go with it. That is a massive gash. He's saying he feels all right. Welcome to the Clicking Balls podcast. This is AFL round 11 wrapped up. My name is Heath, and the first question I ask every week is your highlight of the week. So, Josh, you got a highlight of the week? Well, it's not a fucking football one. Um, It was Mighty Mouse, actually. Uh, Young DJ. Um giving it straight to his boss. Well, yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because basically, uh, Dana White wants him to fight TJ, fight up, yeah. upper weight division, because he's beaten everybody in the world at featherweight. Um, and he said, no. And sort of Dana said, well, I make the matches. Well, he's not saying TJ was going to come down. Really? That's yeah. what they reckon? Yeah. Well, that's what, uh, that's what Mighty Mouse was saying. Uh, he said, you know, he, he had a, a signed deal for... Um, Ray Borg, the Ray upcoming... Borg. Uh, Nobody. Yeah, exactly. um, And he's like, no, I want to fight some other dude. I can't remember who it was. Uh, but I'll do it if you give me points. And he's like, no, you'll fight it if I can tell you to fight. So they yeah, sign that deal f- off. You want to fight Sergio Pettis. That's it. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll do that then. So he tells Sergio what's going on and they sign the fight. And then he's like, no, 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 change your mind. I want D- uh, TJ Dillashaw. He'll come down. He's like, well, if he doesn't make weight, it's not a title fight and I can't break the record. So are you going to give me guarantee so like, yeah, yeah we'll guarantee it he's like well, alright if he doesn't make it I want to take my purse and his purse and bonus like, <laughs> nah nah that's not going to happen Yeah. Um, and then Dana White's just come out and said will you fight or, you, or I'll can the whole weight category he's like well, can it then I'll be employed and I mean Bellator will be making big moves of getting uh, sort of high name talent out of the UFC so if they, if they can mm. that division they'll say alright we'll just absorb that entire division and they've got their own sort of thing that sets them apart Way from the UFC now well there's mm. it, WEC wasn't it yes yeah, exactly off. Um, but my little theory this is all a ruse a ruse you well they haven't marketed, the up? marketed shit for him so if this is the start of marketing fair yeah, play this is the most anybody's ever talked about the featherweight division and Mighty Mouse um, well, obviously, you haven't been on Twitch lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I still say pound for pound, Mighty Mouse is the greatest in the world. Yeah, um, and I, I can't see any arguments against it's it. Got the record to back it. Um, I, I think this might be just—it's—it's it's, all—it's—it's a, it's a work. To play, yeah, it could be. And I mean, they, they were saying that because um, TJ was a veg, it was supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt, which is a fight that everyone's looking mm. forward to, and so that's a big name dropout. But you, and, and I think that TJ versus DJ is just as big a fight. To be honest, uh, so do I. Yeah. And but I, I'd, I'd like to see DJ go up, but obviously he's looking he's on that record, he so he can't beat the record. Fair so enough. It has to be on his terms. If he's on the record, he's the one with mm. all of it on the line. Yep. It has to be on his terms. You can't just bully him into a corner like that. But if you're trying to attract fans, calling Dana White a cunt is a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So he, he fights a can, gets his record, which yeah. you know, he's gonna he's not going to lose. Yeah. And then the TJ fight's still there. Yeah. It? And it's only bigger. For sure. And let's be honest, he's got to be odds-on favourite against Ray Borg. 
Because yep. uh, I couldn't tell you Probably. who Ray Borg's beaten, and if you walked down next to the street, you know, I wouldn't would recognise him. Yeah. So, Brenton, what's your highlight of the week then? Well, some big news coming out uh, this afternoon, actually. We've uh, saw that Ron Connolly has accepted a redundancy from uh, the age? whatever fucking newspaper he worked for. I think he yeah, works for the age. So, uh, so we can see a whole lot less um, shithead opinions in, if you read that paper. <laughs> But uh, probably coming to a Reddit thread near you. He's going to have lots of time on his hands. And I've heard that... Well, it makes sense. That's where I was getting half your stories. Yeah. Well, in the name of consistency, I've heard that Jai Bendel was a front runner for that, <laughs> for that gig. So, yeah. No, Expect I, all your honest opinions to be ripped off again and again. I actually like Rowan Connolly. Oh, yeah, I don't mind him. The better ones. It's just that Josh stole my highlight of the week, so... <laughs> you guys are yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I just read that before I came on air. <laughs> good work, good work. Um, my highlight of the week was I watched uh, a Magic the Gathering docu on Netflix. Nice. So I thought this would be interesting, you know, because yep. I, I like to see, you know, the behind the scenes and because yeah. there's going to be some characters and yep. by that I mean absolute freaks of nature yeah. that play Magic the Gathering professionally. Yeah. Um, good money too. Yes and no. Well, did, yes they, and did no. they cover Mount Gox in that document, documentary? I don't think so. Who's Mount uh, Gox? That was a website that's eventually started off as Magic the Gathering uh, online exchange. Right, and that's where you'd be able to exchange Magic, Magic the Gathering cards, and that was the first major Bitcoin market that right. came online. Mm-hmm. They transitioned from Magic the Gathering trading because Bitcoin became the currency that you'd, you'd use yeah. to trade the Magic the Gathering cards. And well, it turns out Bitcoin got bigger than the Magic the Gathering. Well, well there was well, a guy that made like millions of dollars doing fake cards. Probably, like, he, I'm he, sure there's lots of them. Yeah. But the thing is, people buying it knew they were fake, but it didn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter to them that. Uh, for the, for the people make the cards aren't getting it as long as they get the effect of the card. Yeah. Well, all of those stories would have been more interesting than the doco because in the first <laughs> two minutes it said, you know, um, uh, produced by Wizards of the Coast who obviously own Magic the Gathering. So, so I went, ah. Oh. Oh. So this isn't a behind the scenes or anything like that. It's right. just promotion. This is an infomercial. It was kind of, it was boring as shit. It kind it of sounds like it was made by the KKK or something. Very, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, very disappointing. Yeah. There um, was a, a story a while back about uh, a woman put a blog post about dating and she said, you know, I'd, knocked a bloke back because he was a professional Magic the Gathering player. I do remember that. He was pulling in 300 grand a year. Yeah. And they were like, you crazy bitch? He's a dude who, you know, works most weekends. Yeah, but he's pulling in good cash. Happens to have a passion. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, But yeah, the doco wasn't that great. Um, But I did did watch it at about half past nine on Thursday last week, which was when the second half of Port Adelaide Ah, vs. Hawthorne was going. So that's why it was the highlight. (laughs) Makes sense. Well, that leads us into uh, the, the rounds there. We'll start with uh, Port Adelaide and Hawthorne and literally did not watch the second half. It was not worth it. Um, it was more Port were more dominant than Hawthorne, but yeah. when on the rare occasion Hawthorne got the football, they didn't it was know what to do with ugly. it. ugly. And I mean, that scoreline still flattered uh, Hawthorne. Fucking 13 20. Yeah, and they kicked four goals 12 in the last half, yeah. which, I mean, that just looked, made, made it look like if you didn't actually hear any or read any of the reports about it, you'd think, oh, yeah, just another loss for Hawks. But this was almost embarrassing. What do you mean almost? It was completely embarrassing. The lowest <laughs> well, first half in the history of the club. You've got to stay to the end in order to be truly embarrassed by the performance. So I feel like, <laughs> I you know, so. they've ripped themselves off a lesson there, the Hawks mm-hmm. fans. Even had a few that were down in Adelaide for the game and left at halftime. I was like, you little bitches. See, yeah. I, I actually managed to get to, through to the third quarter, and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to bed. This is not Hawk supporters. I, I checked in here and there, and well, what I found was, especially when you go to the, um, compare that to the next night's game, which is Adelaide Geelong, I found that Hawthorne, too many of the players were stuck in no man's land, especially yeah. around the contest, yep. where mm. you either got to be pressuring the ball or be an outlet and covering if they get the ball. But people were sort of standing around the pack like they're waiting for an outlet pass that's yeah. never going to come. And so when the ball does come out for the position, they're stuck in a position where they can't get get the ball off them or they can't cover a man. What doesn't make sense is having one-on-ones in your forward line 
loose men in the midfield yeah. and outnumbered down back. Yeah. It just mm. you're right, it's because people are all right, I'm gonna wait till he goes to the ball and I'll follow him. It was just yeah. it was disgusting. Or especially like around that ball sort of it's not even in contention. There's a pack going on and you can see the setup where who's gonna win. It was almost like a scrum in rugby. Yeah. Where you, you either gotta cover a man or put pressure on the ball. And that's just the way the game's being played at the moment, where frontline ball, uh, ball pressure is what sort of being, seems to be winning games yeah, if you don't have a fast running team. But how quick were port too? Like the amount of times yeah. that uh uh, Hawthorne players thought they had time for disposal, just wasn't there. They were getting yeah. tackled one, two, three. Yep, it looked like they had a couple. Of, it looked like Hawthorne had a couple of less players on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sort of flattered them as well. And the, I thought what was amazing with this game was that Robbie Gray did fuck all in the game. Yeah, and Port still managed to just absolutely kill him. Well, and Chad Wingard didn't play. Yeah, mm. yep. Paddy Ryder only had twenty three hitouts apparently, but I think every single one of them was lace out to his player. Yeah, they got silver wow. service it, in the midfield. It didn't matter where he tapped it, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. It was lace out regardless. He had 360-degree uh, yeah. uh, targets to, to work with. But he was able to um, lead the runner. Like, uh, you'd see him go up for the ball, and he'd tap it right to where the runner is about to be, uh, rather than you see players have to reach behind them or stop. Yeah. It's kind uh, of, it was just perfect run on tapping. It kind of reminded me when I played basketball growing up, and we had, like, our centre had the best leap in this competition, so we just make a plan where it's, all right, you just hit it forward as far as you can. We're always going to run forward. Because knew we were going to lose, lose the tap. Yeah. By best leap, you mean he was six foot ten? Well, six foot four, and it's probably you know well, he dunked from a standing start, standing jump. So, and he was the only we we're playing against men that were like forty years old too. So that always helps. <laughs> <laughs> Our advantage was athleticism. Their advantage was trying to throw elbows. Um, and uh, I think Charlie Dixon um, had his best game ever for Port. Yeah, yeah. He might have kicked more goals or not many. He he had five, and I think he's his career four one. I think four one. I think his best is only five. So yeah. I've got 20 disposals, though, which is a hell of a lot. I mean, he was... And throwing it, eight marks, six tackles. Jeez. It, it's one thing to say, you know, he's coming up against Gibson, who has always got a monster, but he's still got to go and do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, a few times this year, I, I think, you know, he, he gets away with, well, he competed well. And I'm like, well, yeah. You, you're, yep. the, you're the big signing, you know. Um, Tom Hawkins doesn't get away with that. Yeah, for sure. Or, or Buddy Franklin doesn't get away with, he competed well. Yeah, and because especially for those players, when they're, when they're not sort of in the competition, they force their way down the field yeah. in order to, to make amends. Whereas Dixon sort of sits in that forward 50 and waits for the action to come to him. No, he, he was a monster in this one, especially in yeah. the first half when, yep. when they were dominant. And, and I like getting stuck into Brad Ebert. Uh, one of my favourite <laughs> yeah. pastimes, actually. But he stood up in his 300th game, was it? 200th, yeah. 200th, something like that. Had, had a great game. Got a face mm. like he's played 300. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, had 34, 34 possessions and still managed to rake in, I think it was 12 tackles. Yeah. So he was there from beginning to end and never put his foot off the throttle he'd be hard pressed if he didn't get yeah. the three brown lows yeah I think he'd have to Jeez, on the other end how shit was Gunston like Did he barely play? sighted yeah so was he there yeah barely but uh, he had seven touches someone it, was wearing his guernsey it does feel um, unfair to point out just the one player yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> there were so many well in fairness Popolo only had seven as well but he did kick a goal yeah. Um, so you know you can you can throw that at him. I'm, I'm only taking your word for that because, like I said, all the all the goals <laughs> in the second half did not watch a kick. So old mate Ty though, he had a, a good chance at goal, managed to spray that. Not well, as bad as Jared yeah. Waite did later. I'm going to uh, say there were worse ones on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. much yeah. much worse. Wouldn't have made the top five. And I mean, uh, West the Hawks have made Ty look like a golden signing too. I mean, he's done nothing which is better than what most Hawks have done. Well, the he problem is, up. like the only reason he's in the side is because Tim O'Brien got injured. Uh, I mean. Tim O'Brien yeah, is holding that, you out. That fella. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's the way it goes. Um, but I did say something. Port have, uh, what, six wins now? Mm, um, so, yeah. they're, they're legit. Well, they've beaten the bottom five sides yeah, and Fremantle. Right. So oh. they've almost 
they need better quality opposition to actually show what they can do. Well, they've got the top percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because fifth, I think. they've beaten the bottom five sides. Yeah, yeah but you can only, and you can only beat who you get in front of, and holding a side goalless for a half is pretty decent. Yeah, the problem is, um, though, it's the other the losses are all against decent sides. Yeah, yeah. They yep. need a decent win um, from somewhere. Yep. Yeah, but every team does. Every team's had bad losses now. It's a pretty tight season. But um, one thing that really stood out for me, I think it was in the second quarter, uh, balls coming into the uh, port forward line, as it often did, and you see um, young Luke Hodge lining up for it. He stops and waits when Power Pepper just runs straight at the ball, didn't give a shit, ran over Hodge and knocked him ass up. To see Hodge stop and wait and be worried about contact, that just shows where they're at. I thought that was the one that Hodge tackled him, though, wasn't it? He got knocked on his ass. I don't think... Um, yeah, it was a ball up. I don't think he managed to tackle him fully. I think he got the ball away. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's one of the... Actually, because I didn't watch the, the second uh, the second half, like I said. But, yeah, it's the one where he actually, yeah, um, took but him to the ground. But it's odd to see Hodge afraid to go for the ball, though. Well, I think that they're on the back foot. Yeah, all, all, all the way. Yeah. That's the way it went. And at that but, point, you go, what the fuck is the purpose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12 for this shit. Um, but he was a monster little pepper pot. Just no fear in the lad. No, he's he's made a name for himself with that, and uh, he loves a good old fend off. And um, fair play to him. Yeah, why not? Good uh, to watch. Well, you know, it was one of the few highlights of the first half. There's only so many times you can enjoy a dead horse getting beaten. Yeah, it was it was funny because at work you know, the next week, there's obviously there's a lot of people that hate Hawthorne, um, and they're going, "Yeah, I didn't even enjoy that." <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, it's uh, it's all about VFL for us. Um, on to Friday night, we had Geelong versus Adelaide. And all the talk has been around the, the jumper punch from Tommy Hawkins. Yeah. Oh, I love the way Geelong tried to spin this. Yeah, me too. It's like, oh, well, I thought it was more of a push. Yeah, yeah with no. his fist in his face. Yeah, look, Crouch did put a little bit of mayo on it. But when the umpire is three feet away, geez, mate. And he gives it the, the umpire okay. on, the, on yeah. the spot where, nah, it's all good. Didn't yeah. see it. Didn't see it. <laughs> like, well, it wasn't in the face, it was in the neck, but yeah, yeah only because he missed. See, I'm still of the opinion that one jumper punch per match is permitted. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's a good compromise. Just, just one you get, that's it. So, if you were Tom Hawkins then, would you wait till the fourth? You'd be like threatening it all night, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, yeah, I got one. Well, yeah, it all depends how it's going. Maybe you could just try and slide in for the two, get uh, a little bonus. But um, I felt like that Geelong had a, just a well-implemented game plan from the first bounce, and Crows just couldn't react to it. And I think it was telling that Geelong only slightly lost uh, hitouts and slightly lost clearances, but their possession was was yeah. huge. It was, it was almost it was over a hundred more than Adelaide. It was on their terms all and night. And so even though they didn't get the first use of the ball out of the ruck, they got first use of the ball out of the contest, which I think was very very important. And Joel Selwood Selwood best game of the year he's played, I think. Yeah. But he's head over the ball legitimately had a cut that would make people in the UFC go, oh, shit. Decent old cut. It was it? a yeah. good little cut there. And they made sure it got plenty of airplay. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's a well-deserved airplay too because yep. if you can have that sort of cut, run off and, and try and come back on, then, hey, you're doing something right. Yeah. I watched this game on silent because I was playing cards and, you know, I wasn't really that interested in the card game. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't uh, have to worry about, you know, all, all the rhetoric from the commentators or anything like that. Yeah. Still enjoyed the game. Yeah, definitely. And I felt like it was just the the sort of people that Geelong have in their squad is very conducive to shutting down that, that sort of strategy that Adelaide have of getting the ball first and running real quick. Whereas you've got so many hard bodies, you're going to slow them down. And I think it was the consistent possessions were 164 to 130, yep. which shows uh, sort of their second and third effort, and especially not getting first use of the ball out of the ruck and first use of clearances. And uh, Scott Selwood's found his side, uh, place in the side, hadn't he? Yeah, he even got involved with his 25 possessions. Even played, I think he got 
double digit tackles as yeah, well. Something stupid. Which he, was more, more important. I think he's had more tackles in consecutive games than anybody ever. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, definitely good effort by the second Selwood. You can't uh, you can't catch him a few here, can you? <laughs> so <laughs> lucky because if Selwood ever gets it, he's fucked. Yeah. He, he he gets cut up every game. Well, you'd think they've got like just people hooked up to blood donations down in Geelong there. <laughs> With Joel, so yeah. It's your yeah. service to the club. <laughs> you get free membership or something. Um, but since Geelong have turned themselves around, haven't they? Since the the game against Essendon, where yeah. they laid their fewest mm. tackles ever. Yeah. Um, it looks like they're just going, oh, trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's give that a go. Well, I think they've a team that's always had people who are too many midfielders, I think. And so they figured yeah. out how to spread them around the ground and what their positions are for a game plan that's going to be beating the top teams as opposed to a game plan that was their way to beat everyone else in the competition. Like, I think that Harry Taylor's found his place up or back, which has always been yeah. his key, but he's playing up forward a lot more uh, often now. He even, keeps a nice guy. Even Mackey has found his, his job running between sort of the centre-half back and centre-half yeah. forward line. I mean, able to have that pressure pushing forward and be that second or third option running out of a, a Selwood hard, hardball get or something like that. And um, even, uh, uh, what's the young fella? Young fella got playing. Uh, Cockatoo Collins. Mm. On, was it him? Yeah. Someone else played. No, not Cockatoo Collins, no. but Cockatoo. Cockatoo, yeah, yeah. yeah Kai Cockatoo. Yeah, yeah. Found his way around the ball, uh, which I thought is going to be a very handy small player, which they need because they've got the big bodies, but they need still those small people yeah. to hold down uh, threatening opposition players. Seven tackles too. And that was his ability to close and just wrap people up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that uh, is massive around the ball for a midfielder. Yeah, and this is also a game where I don't think Tom Hawkins really did much, to be honest. I thought he was a bit quiet. Didn't need, did what he needed to do, but I don't think no. he did much. Just presented himself and, yeah, the rest of the team sort of picked up that slack. Sorry from Adelaide. Uh do you think that this is an anomaly? Like they just didn't have the, the squad to, to beat Geelong or just an off, off week? Well, I think it's this season, so, teams are so variable. Like uh, Adelaide's best will beat everyone. Adelaide's yeah. worst will get beaten by probably everyone but Brisbane. Yeah. But um, Geelong are the same boat. I, I think if both teams played their best, uh, Geelong get blown out of the water here. But that's not what happened. They turned up, they tackled hard. They were determined and they were best of the night. Well, yeah. three losses to Adelaide and all three came with a heavy tag to Sloan. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, it's not, do, it? it's not the be all and end all, but geez, it says something, doesn't it? You need a plan B if you can't sort of, yeah. if you get done that way three times. Um, and, you know, uh, whoever they line up against next time, you know, they're going to say, well, let's, let's send someone to them. Yep. Obviously, Brisbane didn't because why bother? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyway, they give it a go. Um, on to the Battle of the Coasts on Saturday and West Coast versus Gold Coast. Geez, haven't the knives come out for West Coast? They have. From all angles. Well, it's always been sort of, uh, that's why I love seeing either one of the Adelaide teams or one of the West Coast teams go really bad because the media just eats it up. The fish They're just waiting. They've got the stories already written. They're just waiting to fill in either Adelaide or Port or, or West Coast and Frio. So it's always good to see. It takes the pressure off Melbourne teams. I think I saw one. It might have been in the Western Australian. Right. Um, and the um, the writing was filled with like errors and grammatical errors and spelling errors. You just tell, it was just written with such fury. It's like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, what they fucking... Apoplexy. <laughs> Complete apoplexy. Um, although there was a great um, uh, line on uh, Finey's final siren on SEN. They're saying, you know, when you go through the airport and says the things you can't take on the plane, you know, you can't take the yeah. knives, can't take this. Should have a picture of Mark Lacroix there. <laughs> <laughs> can't take him on a plane. Well, yeah, that's probably a fair call as well. And uh, I mean, Gold Coast are four and six. Now, I probably tipped them to have four wins for the season. Yeah. So I think they're already overachieving for this season. And well, they come up against Hawthorne next, yeah, so see, they've I, got some easy games. I yeah. tipped this one. I actually thought uh, Gold Coast have been playing some decent footy. 
And this was up and down the whole match as well. Yep. Like everyone was always in the contest, which I think is good for Gold Coast to have a game where they're under pressure the whole the whole match and see how they actually react well, how they come back. They did come from behind. They got the last two um, yeah. to get ahead and uh, managed to sweat it out and stay there. Yeah, late goal got them ahead. Uh, With, uh, those, yeah, big uh, big two meter Peter. But there yeah. was also a, a lot of time and air given to what West Coast did in the last minute. Yeah, they you know had the ball out from fullback and Shannon Hearn kicked it small to the pocket. Yeah, to Sam Mitchell, who then kicked it small to the pocket again, and they had thirty odd seconds. I don't think those were bad decisions because they didn't hold on too much. But everyone say, "Oh, he should have booted it long." I'm like, yeah. forty yeah, seconds is a long time." Exactly, and we see what happened with Bashahuli when he tried that. Yeah, and, you know, it just doesn't work. You want to retain possession. It's just, you can give up a point. You give up a rush behind. That's the, all right. The two short kicks were okay because they hit a target, and then they went, "All right, well, let's just go long down the line." And yeah. Tom Lynch went, "I'll have that." Yeah. Um, and that's all she wrote. And that's why you but, need runners around the ball so that if, if anything happens, there's a tackle on the ball up. Yeah, I'm not saying it was the best plan, just I no. think it was the worst no, either. No, not at all. I, I think most teams would go for that. It's a conservative way to defend. Uh, you know, keep possession and then go long down the line. All they need is a, a tap to get the ball out of the, on the boundary and oh, no, no, they this win is, the game. They were behind. They were trying, so they needed oh, the goal to win. Yeah. yeah, no, fuck it, kick long then. Um, so Ablett still had 36 possessions in uh, what's been a troubled year for him with a bad shoulder. Well, he's had ever since he had one bad game. I reckon he's polled at least ten votes since then. Yeah, that's which is true. round two or round three, whenever it was. Tell you what, he's sneaky. He is very sneaky, and which I mean, is stupid to say for a dual Brownlow medalist could be a sneaky Brownlow chance. Yeah, so we're still waiting to see what happens if he get, maybe he's come back to, to Melbourne because um, I think he's gonna. I, I think that's beyond doubt. Yeah, yeah, I reckon that talk will die out soon. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> a couple more days, and that's it. To say this is a big win for Gold Coast is an understatement, yeah. and I mean. Well, Jared Harbrow definitely was pretty excited by the win. I think, he, I think he managed his eight kicks was worthy of a two-day celebration. 0.1 he blew. Yep. Uh, on a Monday morning. So I forget, like <laughs> yeah. this, this game was on Saturday night. So this is Sunday night. He's at home getting fucking hammered. Right. The thing is, he, he front of the media and said, oh, yeah, I had a f- uh, I was probably a little bit over. Like, mate, you're 0.1. No, and this I, is Monday I, morning. I liked what he fronted the media. He said, yeah, I had a few. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, mate, no shit, mate. Got to be carried away. Got to be carried away. Still Sunday night getting hammered. He's still blowing Monday morning on your way to doing, I don't know, probably picking up more booze, I reckon. <laughs> a recovery session. Yeah. Which for him might have been just coffee and donuts. Yeah. <laughs> then up some of the NRL boys or something. So, yeah, to say they got excited about that win and is, is an understatement. And to say that they, well, we came out and said, no, nah, I don't think we have a problem with culture here. Nah, well, yeah, that's some bullshit because yeah. this is exactly what's been detailed through last year, not only by the media, but by some coaches on that, on that squad too. Mm. But seriously... Why do we think they've got a bad culture? Is it because of all the evidence over years? <laughs> yeah. Is that yep. why? <laughs> and and through their own omission? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Because of the photos. Yeah. Is it the photos? Yeah. The photos, the coke, the... Uh... The, the video? Is yeah. the video yeah. the problem? Yeah, and is, I mean... The police it, charges. The only reason there's not more pressure is because NRL is popular up there too. Yeah. And, and, they, they're, just and doing, they're worse. They're doing it better. And, <laughs> and then they can't afford to drop him in fear of him just going to a different club. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, another good win for him, and uh, leaves West Coast in a funny old position, doesn't it? But yeah. I think when it comes to September, there's still going to be, you know, Nick Nat might be back by then, and Kennedy will be back in a, yeah. in a month. So nah, it's cute I, in the I feel like they could be uh, just limping towards it and then just turn it on again. Nah, yeah. nah line through them, they're fucked. It'll probably be to their detriment, though. So there'll be some point yeah. where you go, nah, the doctor hasn't cleared you, so I reckon you're on the sideline for uh, preseason. Drew Petrie was their forward target. Yeah, he kicked a goal too. Yeah, look, turn, turn back the clock. He wasn't wasn't too bad, but jeez, uh, his best days are well and truly behind him. Wow. I think uh, we can yeah. all agree on that. And look, this is his uh, <laughs> his retirement cash check. So 
I don't know if he's on big money, but it's no. it's it's one more year, isn't it? Exactly, and it, that'll be all it is. And I feel like when their their sort of main um, point of failure in this game was having no viable targets up forward. Maybe at some point you just go, Drew, let's just give you a go at centre-half back and see what else you're capable of because you're not doing much up forward for us, champ, and, and we can't really afford to drop any players at the moment. Just, what well, else can you do? Yeah. One of the comments I did here on radio, actually, that I thought made a bit of sense, and maybe it doesn't, I don't know. Um, they said with Prittis and uh, Mitchell on the same side, they lack a shitload of leg speed. And I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. But, Both play a similar-ish kind of game. Yeah. Both are great at what they do. But uh, they need to be able to dish off to someone, and if they're both in the side, that's one less person with pace around them. Yeah. But I mean, they've got the guys with pace. Like you got Hill, you got Shuey, you got yep. Gaff, um, Maston, Yo. Yeah. They're just not performing. Exactly. I well, mean, Yo yeah. had an alright game. He was oh, one of the few yeah, that, that Yo was probably up. was. But but apart from that, yeah, it takes more than just him. I mean, you've got two of the best distributors of the last ten years. Yeah. You got to say, I, I don't, I don't think that's their problem. I think the problem is they've got the pace there. They're just shit. Yep. And, yeah. And then. Uh, you know, Darling was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, has been quiet, and you know, there's always the rumours that he's yeah. he's just pissed off. He's had enough. And I feel like you need that toughness to back up the runners as well to yeah. allow them the the freedom to be able to flow because otherwise they get tied down and they get sort of beat up. And by the by the fourth quarter, you're knackered. And yeah, there's no sort of power to go forward. What would uh, shit me if I was Adam Simpson is uh, seeing Lacroix gets ten touches, zero one, but not a single tackle. Yeah. Yeah. So no forward pressure at all. And that says just no accountability. You don't care. In a game that's decided by less than a goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where Gary Ablett gets 36 with a bung shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just put a body on him, champ. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, eh, he's on gas. Mm. Uh, yeah, do something. <laughs> anyway. Um, on to GWS versus Essendon. An absolute cracker of a match. Um, at times, uh, the Giants looked like they were cheating. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch much of this game. I saw a little bit, and for, for what I saw, it was a hard-fought contest, and never going for Essendon to win. But their effort, their endeavour, and their second effort was actually to their credit. Essendon didn't really do much wrong. Yeah. Like, mm. when GWS turned on uh, their their skills, like, there were some plays where they went end-to-end. Yeah. The ball didn't even look like um, touching the ground. Yeah. You just go, oh, my God, that's just so pretty. Yeah. So, I'll tell you what, I hope uh, North of Glory got the signature from the manager for Josh Kelly because oh, I, I don't know if we can afford him now. i got to say, when that was announced, I'm like, yeah, Kelly's a good player, but fuck me dead, that's overs. Yeah, nah, unders. Nah, <laughs> not even close. He'll, he will demand just as much as Fife. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't think that's an overstatement at all, especially the way he's playing at the minute compared to the way Fife's playing. Yeah. And then, the, I mean, the promises of North being thrown out there have been pretty crazy. You'll see that after the Richmond game, they've, they've upped their offer to Dusty to <laughs> 1.5 million, plus they've promised to annex New Zealand. Pretty much. Uh, you know, pretty much someone's on the phone. It's like, are you an AFL club? Yep. Have you got yeah. any midfielders? Well, we kind of. $1 million. Yeah. Million. 1.2. 1.3. They're, they're outbidding themselves at this point. Yep. So you know that's how desperate you're getting. <laughs> Um, I don't know if they've got they looked at the books or not but yeah. uh, <laughs> I hope someone's doing the math yeah. so GWS uh, just kicking goal after goal really when it comes to um, Shit, yeah. growing first, their own game especially out, out west there yeah first time ever on top of the ladder and I found that uh, Ryan Griffin has endeared himself to, to sort of the members <laughs> of GWS by going on work cover for another year it's <laughs> <laughs> really bridging that gap between players and uh, fans and the community yeah. Yeah. did you see the incident no absolutely nothing in it just jumped landed at a step and then went fuck. What is he? Does 30? he have a case though? Yeah, thirty-one, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, didn't play. I mean, he's been out for whatever and re-injured himself. I, I feel like he just doesn't really want to want to play that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, but looking at GWS, this is like I said, one of the most skillful performances I've seen from a team this yeah. year. Yeah. And they've still got one of the biggest injury lists yeah, going around, which is crazy. Like, uh, it it does look like you know the grand final. Like, how many in a row yeah. are they going to be mm-hmm. in? Yeah, and, and how many well, win? Back onto Boomer Kelly's game, 38 touches, massive. Yeah. Uh, 22 of them kick, so he's not just uh, you know going back and forth a bit. Five marks, but 10 tackles. So yeah. he's got a shit ton of the ball. Anytime his player gets the ball, he's right on him. That's as near as, uh, I don't want to say a perfect game, but uh, it's, a, it's perfect a three, for his age. Yeah, yeah. It's a three-vote game. Who hasn't had the perfect yet. game? Was it Heath Shaw? Had the perfect game, 100% uh, efficiency oh, last over year. Over like 28 kicks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, some of that was ridiculous. Heath so Shaw always... did not get a tackle in this game. He was just playing the back line general. Oh. I'm going to say just distributing. Yeah, mm. don't worry about it. If you got the ball, you can't tackle yourself. Just, just delegation. Sure it's a good I, manager. You'd think that, but I remember last week who was it that tackled their own team? It was Essendon. Yeah, I got a feeling it was an Essendon game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was in the Dream Time of the G. It yeah. was uh, it's ambitious. It was as the commentators call it, Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite yeah. Conor McGregor, but it was uh, it was Conor. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was a great turnout to, for GWS, and I, I think Essendon were just unlucky. They ran into them, yeah. just mm. in this mood. You know yeah. what I did like though It was uh, Goddard pissed off at the loss <laughs> Knock, um, at halftime, knocking the lollies off the table. Off what? <laughs> but, look, game three hundred. Yeah, and you look at uh, some blokes will just walk off and go, "Oh yeah, well we'll get him next time." And you see Goddard, he hates losing. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Essendon needs that sort of player. <laughs> and, and I love some of the talk in the media is, "Will Goddard be remembered as a Saints player or an Essendon player?" Yeah. And I'm thinking, "Will he remember at all?" <laughs> like, I mean, he's right for now, but in 20, 30 years, no one's gonna go, "Man, that yeah, Brendan Goddard." I, with I zero can't see him zero. having the temperament for coaching, but I hope he does. <laughs> I would love to see him in the oh, coaches' yeah, box because losing his angry, angry players don't become coaches. It's <laughs> 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 gonna be like. Like what's his name Chubb on uh, Happy Gilmore. He's been coaching yeah. golf. That's what he's been doing. He loves his golf. He does. Um, We're pretty pissed off at uh, CVJ during the week. Yeah, uh, got his car getting stolen. Getting the car nicked. Yeah, pissed off about the clubs in the back getting stolen. Apparently, get returned. Um, so yeah, you can expect them to see a cashies out in Western City somewhere. <laughs> uh, insurance job. That's yeah. all it was. <laughs> Inside job. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past CVJ at all. <laughs> Where's Carmichael Hunt? <laughs> uh, probably in jail. I haven't been keeping up. Um, all right, on to the next game. Uh, this is the game I attended for the for the weekend. Uh, Kangaroos versus Richmond. Um, it was an okay game, but that third quarter from North Melbourne. Richmond played really well. Yeah, but, the um- umpires shagged us yeah, in that third they? quarter. Yeah, because the umpires couldn't kick it either. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. That yeah. was some of the most baffling decisions <laughs> that... Well, North Melbourne made coming forward before the game. I remember highlighting this with you. They had um, blue cones at the uh, fifty meter arc to the goal square uh, to the center square, and then some white cones around it. And I was wondering what the fuck they got them for. And it looked like their game plan was to run along the wings and then center it uh, directly. I think maybe Richmond saw those cones yeah. and figured out what was going on because every fucking time from halftime onwards and a couple of times beforehand, you'd see guys running along the wing stopping, kicking at right angles into the corridor, and someone's just gone, like Bashahuli or Ellis have gone, oh, sweet, I'll grab that, and then but run back. Yeah, but they weren't even close to a, a North Melbourne player. Though. No, it'd be, like, it'd yeah. be two-on-one, North versus Richmond, and they 
seek the Richmond player, like, as if that was where they were intending to pass. Like, it, it was phenomenal, like how bad it was. And Richmond, well, they kicked six goals in that third quarter. Yeah. Um, and it was only through laziness that they got only six. Well, and I would have thought yeah. that with, you know, North Melbourne had been their home ground, they would have figured out that you can't play that <laughs> style of footy at Etihad Stadium. You can't yeah. put it down the wings because it's too slow. you got to put, you got to pretty much, if you get kicking out from fullback, you have to put it on either the full, the, the, the halfback flanks, on the yep. point of the point of the square. And that's where you can set up uh, running through the middle. And you use power to be able to go through the middle and, and it's quick quicker running that way. But, you know, the forward pressure of the Tigers was pretty phenomenal. And, and it was obviously, good. Yeah. obviously and the North Melbourne made it easy for them. Yeah. And it was likes of the Hooley, Ellis, um, uh, Lambert, McIntosh, also Butler, who got the Rising Star nod, yeah. I think it was. He did well. I think he got that for through the cumulative effort more than this game. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he had an okay game. He had a good game. But, but his he, run through the he, middle was, was, was what yeah, you absolutely. have to do at Etihad. Yeah. That's what you would have thought it, that North Melbourne's game would have been. Well, I think what North need to do now is um, call up a bunch of their player managers and offer them all $1 million long contracts. <laughs> <laughs> do that and players send it to fucking gods, apparently. And I don't think they need one star player. They should spread that, out, that cash out amongst five or ten players and try and get a good squad. Well, the thing was, I thought uh, Taron actually had a good game. Um, he's been a consistent player for them, though. Honestly, I'm, I'm biased, I'll admit that, but I think he's all-Australian level back. Um, Zeeble, I thought, did quite well, but uh, Scotty Thompson, mate. He had, a, he had a shocker. He he has had the worst season of most back when I've seen, let alone one with his potential. Well, the amount of times he's given away, he has given away goals every single game. It's like the harder he tries, the worse he plays. It is a bit like that. And yet, Marley Williams, he has been a blinder. Like, yeah. um, this is the best season I've seen from him. Come off with a bit of hip Bye-bye. soreness this game, too, I think. Mm. Yeah, so it might be, it doesn't bode well might for be two tests for the next round. Yeah, he well, it's a, a bye week, so he's got a week to get over it. Oh, there you go. Um, he just put his, uh, I'll take the week off training. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> well done. A big one. Well done. <laughs> uh, Taylor Garner came down pretty rough as well. He was having a, a decent, if patchy, game. Yeah. Um, but the one that fucking shat me so much was Atley. Uh, kicks two goals. Gives away four. Yeah, you need him to step up too. He's one of those players that you sort of target at the start of the year. You need a big year if you're going to really hold down a key position in that squad. But he's one of those ones where he'll have two players yeah. uh, free and decide which one I'll kick to. No, I'll kick in the middle of them to a Richmond player. Yeah. And, I mean, and oh, fuck me. I think that shows that Richmond had 10 different goal scorers for the game. Yeah. And we've mm. been a team that's not traditionally known for having a multi pronged attack it's and bread. The sort of things that we needed to improve yeah. in our game. Um, Cochin's having a better year too. Well, uh, I, I, all the focus is on Dusty. Yeah, I think it definitely helped Cochin with sort of their mid-tier players stepping up and playing a role, whereas he's free to play his own game, which is a little bit outside and a little bit of uh, that set-up play. He doesn't need to be in and under, but he doesn't need to be that second off off the possession uh, ball getter. He's that one off the pack, being able to set up, and also very good vision, widens his eyyes very well. And I think laying 10 tackles, I think he, he laid, or 12 tackles. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's yeah. really seen him come alive. And, and also Prestia stepping up having a big game as well. Pretty yeah, best of the year so far. I think that's taking the pressure off of Cochin uh, uh, in order to play his natural game. But it's, it's funny with Richmond because they're top four. And I think out of all the teams, like they are the most surprising well, upwards. We didn't tip it. Yeah, I no. tipped them outside of the eight. I tipped them bottom four. Yep. Um, but when you think about it, they've got all Australian full back, without a doubt. The best backman going yep. around. They've got a Coleman medal up forward yeah, and a Brownlow medalist and another could-be Brownlow medalist this year in the middle. That's yeah. not a bad spine. Well, that's, mm. the, that's the thing is that Brisbane's problem hasn't been their spine. It's been the meat that goes Everything on the bones. Else. Yeah, mm. They look fit. And year. look, I, I was one that expected Hooley to go backwards this year. I thought yeah. he'd be struggling to find his spot. Yeah. Complete opposite. Yeah. And Ellis is the same. Brandon Ellis. Two weeks in a row, yeah. he's been uh, not a deciding factor, yeah. but you know, a big reason. He's for been them. a plus as opposed to yeah. being someone who's put in the effort week in, week out, but just not seeing results and too many clangers. Whereas that's turned around and that's yeah. been the, the big 
difference in our game. It's not the stars we've got stepping up. It's mm. the, the midfield players being consistent. Even Greek's being consistent. He doesn't yep. need to do a lot. but he, uh, They're doing their role. And you forgive well, his selfishness because he, he can set up plays. Nankovic has been a fine yeah. too. Like yeah. the, Even though the stat sheet will say Goldie got 33 to 26, uh, Nankovic beat him. Yeah. Like on the day. Around, around the ground. Around, I think it was much better. Goldie tried everything not to kick. <laughs> so yeah. I just I just assume his ankle's still fucked. Well, yeah. there was that one play where uh, Goldie's nutmegged himself and then I think uh, Benny Brown tapped the ball back to him. He's gone for the snap and put it out on the full. Yeah. And even Brad Scott up in the stand started laughing. Yeah. Like, that's that's how they were going. It's still, like, still trying to figure out who's Mrs. Pruce has shagged because I uh, <laughs> don't know who's not getting the gig. Honestly, I am completely baffled. He, yeah. He'd he, be a perfect he, matchup against this the This is going to be week eight, we've said this. Yeah. He did everything necessary to yeah. keep his spot when he was in the team. Yeah. Like, was yeah. legit top, I feel top like five on the ground. He was doing exactly for North Melbourne what, what Nankervis has been doing for Richmond. Yep. Yeah. So that would be the perfect matchup. That would have been like a, a, a matchup that I would have been, you know, frothing the mouth to see in that sort of game. But especially when Goldie's off his game. Yeah. Um, I, I am completely and utterly baffled what's yeah. going on. And um, the, the flip side of that is that Werribee's tearing it up at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, North Melbourne looked like a practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I... I am completely out of excuses to why Bruce is in. And ever since they dropped him, we've been saying it every week. I've seen on Reddit, I've seen on yep. Facebook, and you go to the Facebook comments, every bus like, where the fuck's Bruce? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what has, he, what has he done? The worst thing is a couple of times he's been game day emergency, so he couldn't play so he's either. not playing where yeah. either. That's just dumb. Yeah, fuck it. I don't know. I'm, I'm lost. I have no fucking idea. I, I honestly but, don't know. But, uh, you know, at the halfway mark, um, Richmond in the top four, and their second half of the season is the easy half for them. Yeah. Mm, that's amazing. Surprising. We were saying, like, they could be into uh, below 500 when it comes to uh, their mid-season break, but you know, seven and four, which is good enough for four spots. amazing. Not great percentage, but you don't need that when you've got wins on the board. Don't no, they'll win another six games, yeah. at least. Winning the close games has been a big difference for us as well. <laughs> <laughs> most of them. Well, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You've got four losses, and you should have won at least three of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, no, they were playing some attractive footy too. Just the the quick ball movement and not fucking about too much. Because the amount of times you see, um, I mean, give it to Dusty; it's a good game. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. It is true. But uh, comparative to North, they were doing the handball, handball, but it was handball, 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 yeah. handball. Yeah. So, what, what do you reckon the odds are that um, weekend off, Dusty's head to New Zealand? You started going to be out there, just uh, <laughs> drop a little blood test over there, you reckon, waiting uh, for the airport? Depends how many headphones he comes back with. I don't know. Is 110% a possibility? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. Um, on to the final game. It was a bit weird just having the one game on Sunday and so late, you know, yeah. for Victorians. But, um, you know, I was hanging around for it. Um, Frio and Collingwood, very watchable game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But um, Collingwood had, had it on their terms, it felt like, for the majority of the game. Even though you know, it was still uh, up for grabs coming into the final quarter. Yeah. But it, w- it was definitely played Collingwood's way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you always look at this game and it's always going to be Frio. You know they're going to be able to fuck it up somehow. <laughs> Especially when it's close like this. Well, Sandy uh, sitting out didn't help. Yeah. No. And that's, I mean, that's the problem. And Grundy being in such fine form as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always going to be difficult not to be able to make him accountable. Cost- but- costly win, though. Yeah, yeah, their their injuries out of that are huge. Elliot huge. And Goldsack plus, plus plus some more. Um, yeah, someone else did Motlop get injured? No, Motlop. Wells, Wells, sorry. Wells, Wells, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again. yeah, again. Um, which is sad to say. I do. I really like Daniel Wells when he plays. He plays some fantastic footy. He was playing a good game in this one. Yep. But yeah, just his legs. He's, I think they this said is Father Time is undefeated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they said over the last three seasons he's only played something like thirty odd matches. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, this has been uh, sort of the Achilles heel, ironically, for Collingwood over the last few years, their yep. injuries and their inability to keep fit men on the park. And so mm. at some point, do you have to look at what their training regimen is and what they're doing, what their recovery is? It's got to be the is best it, is facilities it, in the country. Is it systemic? Yeah, but if you don't know how to use them, then pretty much fucking useless. It's, mm. it's hard to say bad luck, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it could be a legitimate answer. that It's just yeah. bad luck. Yeah. But, you know... Sometimes, I feel like this, yeah. I feel like the the review of the football department needs to be well, extensive enough to. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the reviewing everything but the coach. Let's see, I like to make fun of it, but I'm not completely against that. I think yeah. Buckley does know what he's doing, and he's good coaching. They can't keep the people in the park, so I think it's more uh, uh, that side of the footy, the um, maintaining fit squad, whatever yeah. their their strategy is for recuperation. Something's not right there. Um, yeah. I agree, and they're, they're playing good footy, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Um, they're just. There is a little bit of bad luck there. And, and you know, their the bookends are, are the problem as well. Yeah. Um, as a forward target, Darcy Moore hasn't really come on. No. But having said that, his pinch hitting in the ruck this year, in yeah. the last couple of weeks has yep. been really good. And you feel like Darcy Moore just needs someone else to be able to mm. take some pressure off him in that forward line. Someone yeah. step up. They need another big tool in there. Someone's got a big body as well. So well, they can uh, if Cloak could kick straight, he'd still be there. Yeah, yeah, for uh-huh. sure. If. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, not the answer, see when the bye play with Lyndon Dunn. Yeah, yeah, coming into this week. Yeah, Taylor Adams uh, said, you know, he's enjoying, uh, he hasn't yeah. been a very successful club, and then Bernie Vince sees this, and he's like, yeah, oh, successful now, he's a successful club now, is he? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, and Bernie Vince doesn't need much motivation to give it to his <laughs> old teammates, so... No, he'll be more than happy to, uh, well, let's be honest, he'll probably try and stitch up everyone, but uh, if he finds himself in the same general region, you can guarantee he'll let uh, Dunn and Adams and, well, whoever else is around know about it. Probably uh, not for law, though, he won't catch him. And Twitter. <laughs> But uh, in in this game, Bradley Hill had uh, one of the goals of the round with a beautiful run down down the wing, and then later on, running into an open goal, um, absolutely fluffs it. It, it might have been yeah. in the fourth quarter as well. Um, probably not as bad as Waits, but it, it was in no. the is in the conversation. Well, I mean, there's been some shocking misses this year. Yeah. Waits is the worst of the season, I reckon. Waits. Pretty worse, but we've had Dixon had a few shockers as well. Um, pretty much the entire Western Bulldogs team has had some shockers. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of people who've got their name in the hat a few times. I think there was one against. Hawthorne like I just can't remember which one it was but there was one missed from the goal square yeah you know I'm just trying uh, to yeah. who it was that hit the post but anyway um, let's have a look at oh yeah that was the other thing I was going to mention um, with Sanderlands not playing obviously every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. That's a big part of, of Fremantle. Yep. Um, and when they've played well, you know, so Sanders, part of it. He's, uh, he's a monster of a man. Um, there was one part where they actually went with Fife in the ruck hmm. and not contesting the ruck. He said, oh, I'm going to try and shark the tap instead. Yep. Grundy was just up to the challenge. He yeah. just tapped it straight down. Beautiful placement into Trelaw and you know another shot at goal. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was good to see. Like It's a nice tactic. It's an idea. It's trying something. Not against Fife, Hollywood, though. But Grundy, too yeah. good. 
and just their and midfield midfield altogether, like it's almost disrespectful to that Collingwood midfield. Yeah. They are a very good midfield, yep. and so you can't just give up your best your best midfield in, in order to have a false ruck yeah. because you got, you got Chaloy, your Adams, there's, there's mm. Pendlebury. There's too many good. That's not their. That's Side not Collingwood's yeah. weaknesses. Is their midfield? That, that's by far and away their strength. Yeah. yeah. So you, you just can't play them that way. Well, I think Grundy's the the best ruckman going around at the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. Form-wise. I think so, yeah. In 100%. terms of, you know, looking at the every game, he's been spectacular. Yeah. Well, if I was picking the All-Australian side, it's him, Nankervis, um, yeah. and uh, maybe Jacobs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think he's ahead for sure, especially just the shock factor where the if I had said at the start of the season, what's the best I could expect out of, out of Grundy ever? Yeah. It's, it's not this level. No. Like, no. He's, he's gone above he's what I thought his benchmark would have been. It's been fantastic. Um, but yeah, you're right. It comes at a big cost um, for Collingwood, but uh, that's good to see. Well, if, there's, yeah. if there's one weakness of Collingwood, it's their forward targets. And to, yeah. to lose Elliot, Elliot, he's one of their yeah. most dangerous. Yep, absolutely. So um, I think they play uh, Melbourne on the Queen's birthday. Yeah. They do. Be, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, maybe Jeremy Howe out of the goal square. Yeah. We know yep. he can take a grab. And apparently Fasolo's put his hand up to come back this game as well. Yeah, good. Uh, right. Jesse Hogan too, so... Oh, Jesse's coming back as well. Yeah, that's Jesus. Jesus. So that's a little mouth rotting thing to look Jeez, forward to. Isn't there? Hopefully there's a good old shootout at the G... Um, we'll have a look at uh, Thursday nights. We've got another Thursday night game um, this week. Nice. We've got. Why do the buy rounds have Thursday night games? Oh, because they're trying everything. Oh, they're trying enough. everything. Well, I, I gotta be honest. I don't mind the Thursday night. It's growing on me. The I more like they do it, they're doing it to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind it if it's not teams I'd normally watch. Like if the if it's my team playing, it'd probably shit me. Yeah. Um, but, but if it's uh, like we've got coming up, the Swans and the Dogs. Yeah, could be good night's entertainment. Be a great night's entertainment. Yeah, uh, Sydney and the Bulldogs. It was funny. I had a look during the week, and Sydney were actually the favourites with the uh, one of the betting agencies. Really, um, which is what I looked at. The fix is in. Um, yeah, Sydney in Sydney after yeah. a week's break. And Sydney have been playing better than what they've been playing the first half of the season. So if they can, oh, and six is not that difficult to play better than that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if they can um, sort of improve on that, they might be a challenge to the Bulldogs, but I don't see them beating the Bulldogs, to be honest. I think the Bulldogs have got too many people that the Sydney FB can for. And so it's going to be a very sort of uh, a tyrant act for them for how much they sacrifice in order for defense and how much that they're going to actually put into for, to being a, a scoring, winning, you know, a winning score sort of team. Because I feel like that if they go too far into attack, then the Bulldogs can burn them on the rebound. Yeah. And that could be the Achilles heel of their team. Where if they push too many people back, then they don't have that scoring power to give it to Buddy. It forces Buddy out to come off the ground. And, I mean, he's good for maybe five goals on his own, but yeah. it's not going to be a winning score against the Bulldogs. Certainly not against the Bulldogs. Um, the Bulldogs beat them at the SCG last year with uh, JJ kicking the, the yeah. final goal. Yep. Um, so they've got a good record at the SCG, but, yeah, I see too much firepower for the for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Which yeah. means Sydney's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on the Bulldogs. I think they've just got uh, too many players that can really tear them apart. Um, Friday night at Adelaide Oval, Adelaide and the Saints. Um, all I hope is that, you know, in the, the Saints supporters in the crowd are nice and calm and quiet. <laughs> yep. and don't, don't upset the Adelaide supporters yeah, there. Yeah, def- definitely don't uh, go in there too confident either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know how they said that the, the premiership function or the premiership room or whatever mm-hmm. where the, the Melbourne fans were being too rowdy? The well-heeled oh, supporters. Yeah. I would pay anything to get... Uh, We've got a good mate who's a St Kilda supporter. So yep. Actually, the whole family <laughs> to get that family into there would be magnificent. Well, they're yep. all about six foot five, so you know, and It'd be uh, great. And you reckon they're not trying to get in there? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they got their pictures up at the door. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, look, Adelaide are going to bounce back, aren't they? Yeah, um, they've got to. You, you can't tip against them. At, Saints uh, are a Adelaide decent Oval. side on the up and coming, but every every player they've got, Adelaide have got someone slightly better. And look, I'd love to see the Saints get over the top of them, but I can't see how. 
unless it's a complete capitulation from Adelaide Crows. Um, yeah, I don't see it happening. Yep. Um, more percentage for Adelaide. Yep. Uh, Saturday, we've got the blockbuster 15th Hawthorne versus 14th Gold Coast at the MCG. 90,000, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, watching? Yep. 90,000 watching not, on TV? This is hard to tip. It is, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> uh, Hawthorne coming off, you know, a, a great second half. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gold Coast coming off a bender. Travelling like, to Melbourne. I feel like the move for Hawthorne is to um, make a play, a little side bet with St Kilda, on uh, if we lose this game, we get a good draft pick. <laughs> so what are you, you going to throw our way? You know, a little side action. So I think that Hawthorne don't really want to win this game. I think uh, put the queue in the rack, try and get some good draft picks, make some good... You know, some good favours for the St Kilda who are getting, who've got your number one draft pick, don't they? Well, it's a peculiar, peculiar um, position that Hawthorne are in because uh, Clarkson actually said in his last press conference, look, finals are out of the question, right? Yep. She's done. So, you know, play he can the do kids. do the math. So, you're going to play the kids, but we've got to play the kids anyway because everyone's injured. Yeah. And it's not like we're waiting for the injuries to come back because we're playing shit when they weren't injured. Yeah. Like, we started the, the season with, you know, just about a clean slate. How far away play is a mirror? Yeah. Um, or light years. 2018? Yeah. I think two light brand years. new knees away. Yeah. Um, I, um, I'd forgotten about him, to be honest, for, <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Well, Saints haven't. That's what got them. It's a great pick. Um, do they tag Ablett? you got to. You have to, yeah. Uh, or, or do you just not bother? No, you got, you got to. You have to put um, someone on him. Because uh, last time we played Gold Coast in round three or, or whatever it was, it was a 12-goal drubbing. So who's the go-to? It's normally uh, Hartung or Langford, isn't it? Langford or Shields? Shields. Yeah. Um, Shields had a shocker last week. The whole fucking team had a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> but Shields, is a, it's unusual for Shields. He's normally uh, a pretty reliable player. Consistent, yeah. Um, they all had a shocker. I mean, there's, there's no no. Uh, Bergon wasn't it. as bad as the others. Uh, he looked slow. He did. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> he was near on uh, Hawthorne's best player the week before. Um, but look, it's in Melbourne. I think that's the only thing going for Hawthorne. Yeah. As long as they don't get flogged. Actually, I did see it's supposed to be freezing cold uh, over the weekend, so maybe the Gold Coast players will turn up, get frostbite, and decide to go home instead. I don't know. Just rock up and go, fuck this, Howbro is right. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm still in the Suns. I think uh, they'll they'll bring it. Yeah, I think the Suns will be uh, yeah a little bit too uh, confident going into this game. It's one that, you know, they're on the back of a big win. I think they'll carry that through into this game. And Brisbane are hosting Fremantle at the Gabba. Sneaky chance, I think, Brisbane. Sneaky chance. I reckon more than a sneaky chance. I reckon this is their grand final. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. It's their best chance for a win for the rest of the year, I think. This this could be the game that I care least about in the whole season. (laughs) It's it's up there. Yeah, it's putting a hand up for that one. Well, if Martin can't uh, dominate in the ruck without Sandilands... It looks like it will be without Sandilands. Yeah, Yeah, you'd expect... If it's without Sandilands... actually on Brisbane. I think they'll absolutely kill themselves to try and get a win because I can't see where the next one comes from. Yeah. I'm tipping yeah. Brisbane as well. Um, wow, everyone yeah, going for the upset. Just because, uh, well, it's hard to be upset with whoever wins this game. <laughs> Mitch Robertson just went on the knife too. So he's, yeah, he's finished. He's out for this year and that's mm. obviously going to be another bunk trade deal for them. Yeah. Um, although I think they got him as a delisted because he, he was pushed from, from Carlton. Yeah. So he, he's actually allowed to go out and go on the piss now. Oh, fair enough. Like he return mm. to his Carlton ways. Um, Saturday night, Essendon versus Port. This is a bit of a ripper. I think this will be a cracker. 12th versus 5th, but it's going to be a cracker. Oh, yeah, it is. Stadium, this will be good, actually. This is going to be a very tightly, mm. hardly fought matchup. Like, the one-on-one matchup is going to be amazing. Yeah. Essendon have been pretty unlucky in some of their games and well, showed a lot of uh, lot of ability. But Port are just uh, wet sail. They're looking brilliant. Yeah. I really want to see what happens when Tipper and Pepper Pot come together. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? 
I think that um, Essen have not a not a terrible back line. If you put pressure yeah. on Ports forward, then they're obviously oh. prone to be pretty wayward kicking. So I think that could play into Essen's favour. I think you can argue between Tarrant and Rance of who's had the better season so far this year. Yeah. Um, but Hurley's a clear third. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 For, sure. Backman. for sure. And a quality player. Yeah. yeah, and they can uh, set up that run off the half back line too. So a bit of pressure on uh, Port's forward, and they can set up their they're going down the middle of Etihad Stadium and really punish punish Port Adelaide. Yeah. Well, I think that Hurley uh, can handle Dixon. Yeah, I don't know who handles Joe Danaher. He's, yeah. he's just too tall, yep. man. He can mm-hmm. leap. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only person they got to really put on him is Trengover, or something like that. Really, who's going to be? It's a, not a bad matchup, but yeah. I'm, I'm backing Danaher. But they still need Trengover in a different role in yeah. order to set up their their sort of forward running. Do you think they tag Heppel or do they just uh, play their own game? I think they play their own game. Yeah. I think Port back themselves and yeah. um, back that they've got the legs yeah. um, think, to do it. I think Port are going to be too hard. They, they love the the in and under, tough, bang them, bump them, tackle them. I think they're going to really bruise Essendon uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. I, I think Essendon uh, will be in the game all the way through yeah. though. I think it'll be a great game. Yeah. Um, if, if they win by, if uh, Port win by more than two goals, I'll be shocked. I'm going for an upset. I'm reckon Essendon will get across the line in a thriller. Uh, I think it's just... Um, I think Port might be a bit overconfident going into this game, and I don't think they played too many Edit Stadium, so it's a very unique ground that you play at. I'm completely pulling that one out of my, yeah, out of not, my head. I think it suits their style. I'm not sure if they play there this year. Yeah, but I, you I have certainly to know don't play that, that ground. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm on Essendon as well. I, I think that like that was one of the most impressive losses. <laughs> yeah, last week yep. against GWS, GWS were just yep. far too good. Um, I don't think that uh, Port Adelaide are as good as GWS. Actually, yeah. The other factor is that uh, right now they're ramping up for the. Um, MND yep. uh, matches as well. So it's going to be a pretty emotional game for them as well, as it will be you know, all the time whenever that, uh, the Danaher incident, or Danaher situation is brought up. What's MND? Uh, the freeze MND, neuron. the motor neuron disease. Yeah, oh, right, for right. the, the uh, Queen's birthday Monday, they, right. during the halftime of that game. Right. Yeah, but it's the weekend, obviously Danaher being, well, a Melbourne, uh, Essendon legend. Yep. It's obviously something they'll take quite seriously. Um, Carlton versus GWS at Etihad Stadium on Sunday. Well, Blood I'll bath. be doing something else while that's on. Yes. Yeah. Look, 100. Oh, look, it, I, I don't think Carlton are as bad <coughs> as their record shows, but I don't think they're really trying to be much better. They're not that far off it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mainly they know this is not their season and they're just trying to blood some newbies, try some new game plans. Uh, they're not really trying to go out here and make a statement they're just trying to hang in and get drafts yes yeah. last three times they've played um, Giants have scored 127 132 135 they'll break that yeah I, I think that's the 135 is the uh, the, the marker the they'll par. set for themselves well, I think uh, GWS wouldn't mind a bit of extra percentage boost when you look at what the Crows and yeah, Port and the doing. rest of the, the top eight yeah. are doing so I think they'll be very serious about putting some points on their percentage yeah, that, do you think we see Cruiser versus Mumford um, I mean yeah but I don't think it'll make a difference. I don't think it'll be worth watching either. No. Um, I'll be doing something else. But yeah, there's just too much skill around the ground for GWS. Um, and finally, uh, like you said, uh, Monday, Queen's birthday, the uh, the big freeze at halftime, Melbourne versus Collingwood. It's a very interesting game here. I think injuries have hurt Collingwood too much, and I think Melbourne. See, I, yeah. I'm on the same boat. I think uh, if they still had Elliot, and Wells as well. I would have been all over Collingwood, which uh, you know makes what? makes me itch. But um, I I think right now Melbourne just looking they they're a damn good side. Just yeah. they've been hampered by injuries too. Yeah, I think Carlton uh, Collingwood's are worse. Um, I would have 
even with those two players in, I still would have tipped Melbourne, but I think it would have been exceptionally close. I, I think Melbourne are just too... They're a good five goals better than Collingwood at the minute. Yeah. Well, I think Collingwood lack forward line and Melbourne have a brilliant back line. Yeah, Melbourne have a better chance of playing four quarters too. Yeah. I think Collingwood are just, yeah, don't have legs in the moment, don't have the, the cattle on the field. So, yeah, I'm tipping Melbourne. It's going to be a close game, I think, within three goals. They were saying uh, Jesse Hogan might be right for selection. I can't see how the fuck that's possible. Maybe, yeah. But uh, look, if he if he gets on the park, fair play to him. But, geez, mate, I'd, I'd take another week. Demons won the last three against him as well. Yeah. Um, so, that's yeah, it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be a battle to one of the teams to sneak into the eight uh, as well. Yeah. As they turn around. But I'd yeah, suggest Melbourne. Melbourne too good for me. Um, all right, that'll do it for round 12 then. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a wrap of uh, this week. Uh, yeah. One more bye week to go. Well, yeah. yeah. Good luck. Enjoy your Thursday to Sunday footy. Yeah. All right. Thursday to Monday even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bye. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.